live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Meet in the Middle Chronicles. I'm Sam Collins. And I'm Norman Papoose. Merry Christmas. Back in 2005, we worked together and discovered that despite each of us consistently voting for different political parties, we shared a common goal of leaving our kids a better world. As we discuss difficult issues, we found that we could often meet in the middle. That got us to thinking, if we can meet in the middle, why can't our elected leaders? In a world of blue and red, should we not strive to find the purple middle? Sam and I have discussed some very difficult issues, but do so from a place of mutual respect. The future we leave to our kids is too important to not honestly speak about things like race, poverty, the environment, taxes, and the role of government in our society. We're not going to avoid difficult issues just because it would be more convenient. So sit back and listen. Let's get to it. Okay, topic number one, the president is impeached. We pass the two articles of impeachment. The president is impeached. Sam, as we guessed, along with most everyone else on the planet, the president was impeached by the House of Representatives this week. Uh, The two votes were largely along party lines, but no Republicans broke ranks. The impeachment has been discussed and debated in what seems like a never-ending news cycle. However, one vote seems worthy of further discussion. Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, a presidential candidate for the Democratic nomination, um, voted present for both votes. Listen to her explain why she voted the way she did. I could not in good conscience vote against impeachment because I believe President Trump is guilty of wrongdoing. I also could not in good conscience vote for impeachment because removal of a sitting president must not be the culmination of a partisan process fueled by tribal animosities that have so gravely divided our country. Sam, listening to her words, isn't she taking the middle of the road approach that most of the country could agree with, even though it will likely crush her numbers inside the Democratic Party? What do you think? Can't help you with that there at the it is. moment. Uh, the phone Sam, Sam, Sam's, doing, <laughs> Sam's doing research while I ask him the questions. Well, I, I thought that um, she failed to uh, have the courage to make a decision. Now, her reason for it, uh, saying that she won, uh, couldn't vote against it because she thought he was guilty, and she couldn't vote for it because uh, she f- felt like the uh, it was too uh, polarized or uh, politicized. I think she took an uh, easy route out just voting present. Uh, well, she should have she made a decision. Well, well, as a Republican, let me defend her, her words. Of course you would defend her. No, no, <laughs> no, not necessarily. But, she, but the way she put this was really interesting because she said, I'm going to quote her, I could not in good conscience vote against impeachment because I believe President Trump is guilty of wrongdoing. She said wrongdoing. And I think that she specifically used that word because if she said you know, guilty of uh, abusing the power of his office or guilty of bribery or guilty of a specific crime, she would have had to vote yes. I think she said wrongdoing because I think she was saying what a lot of people say, and that is, you know, what Trump did wasn't perfect. You know, it wasn't a perfect call. He shouldn't ask for Joe Biden to get invested, for a foreign government to investigate Joe Biden. 
Hunter Biden, on the other hand, well, we've discussed that. I think Hunter Biden should be, you know, investigated, you know, uh, to to the ends of the earth. But she said wrongdoing. And I think what she was saying was what he did was wrong, but it didn't rise to the level of impeachable offense. Well, with that, I I think she basically punched her ticket to exit stage left in the presidential campaign uh, because in the Democratic Party in the primary, she's not going to get any more support. She wasn't in the in the in the top uh, tier candidates anyway. So I think this just uh, helped the process to eliminate her and vote her off the island. Now, she also said guilty in that she felt he was guilty. Yeah. Now, guilty of wrongdoing, you know, we could play the semantics of the words of, you know, did she use uh, something or try to describe something that was impeachable? Because because I've heard several Republicans say, well, it wasn't good. It was bad. He shouldn't have done it. But it's not an uh, impeachable offense. And I wasn't one that was uh, carrying the impeachment flag. I thought it was a waste of time and Democrats should have focused more on just picking a good candidate to run against him. But once it happened, wasn't necessarily disappointed that they they did the vote. I think they should uh, go ahead and move forward through the process and send it over to the Senate. And that's where we can meet because I think think if if the House of Representatives had said, look, it's not an impeachable offense. What he did was wrong, but it is worthy of a censure. I think they would have brought along most of the country with them, and they don't have that now. Um, but, you know, we're going to end uh, in that for impeachment because we'd love to talk about Pelosi's refusal um, to, to, um, we, to, uh, sorry. That's not my phone. That's no That's phone. That's my phone. <laughs> um, we'd love to set, you know, uh, talk about impeachment all week. But this morning, a, a uh, Harvard, I believe he's Harvard, Noah Feldman, the lawyer who was sitting in front of the House Judiciary Committee uh, talking about um, whether or not the, uh, the president's actions qualified for impeachment, wrote a op-ed in Bloomberg.com. And basically, you, know, t- you all can go online and read it. But basically what he said was, if you don't send the articles of impeachment over, the president's not impeached, technically. They, they hadn't finished the process, basically yeah. what he's saying. They have to deliver it to the Senate uh, for it to be an official impeachment. So uh, saying the president is impeached before they send it is uh, what he's saying is it's premature. Yeah, it's it, 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 I mean, I never saw this coming at all. Yeah. Well, I, uh, to me, it's uh, they haven't hung the, the gold medal around their neck, but the race is over. We're going to have the ceremony. We're going to play the national anthem, and they're going to hang the gold medal around the Democrats' neck. Well, okay, let's get <laughs> let's let's see it because so far it ain't happening. The race is over. So now on the topic two, the final uh, Democratic debate of 2019. Let's listen to Andrew Yang. If you turn on cable network news today, you would think he's our president because of some combination of Russia, racism, Facebook, Hillary Clinton, and emails all mixed together. But Americans around the country know different. We blasted away 4 million manufacturing jobs that were primarily based in Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Missouri. I just left Iowa. We blasted 40,000 manufacturing jobs there. The more we act like Donald Trump is the cause of all of our problems, the more Americans lose trust 
that we can actually see what's going on in our communities and solve those problems. What we have to do is we have to stop being obsessed over impeachment, which unfortunately strikes many Americans like a ball game where you know what the score is going to be, and start actually digging in and solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. We have to take every opportunity to present a new positive vision for the country, a new way forward to help beat him in 2020, because make no mistake, he'll be there at the ballot box for us to defeat. Okay, so Yang uh, took a, a different perspective for the Democrats with regards to uh, being too focused on Trump. I actually liked his position uh, when he made that statement last night. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the entire debate. No, I, 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 watched, I watched most of it, and uh, I finally I, I'd heard the term wine cave for the first time. I'd, I'd never heard of a wine cave. Now my wife wants to go visit a wine cave. But well, you're going to have to spend some money getting that wine cave. Yeah, well, I don't have their pockets. But, you know, I thought Yang was on point. You know, you, you have to go and address the people's issues. You know, it, it's like what if a businessman or an entrepreneur starts out and he goes, you know, I want to start a business or I want to start this or that. And he goes to a successful person. That successful person usually looks at them and go solve a problem. Yeah, I, I actually uh, agree with this point too. Uh, look at the problems. Uh, the the one thing that I, I think the Democrats have been so focused on President Trump that they've they've missed. If I was a strategist, right, I would look at uh, where were your problem areas? These areas, people's issues in these uh, in these uh, states that uh, were kind of uh, up and up in the air, right? So so they should have focused more in that area. We we talk about the millions and millions of voters, but. I think it was like 70,000 votes that they lost two or three states, mm -hmm. which allowed them to lose the electoral college votes. So I would have rather concentrate energy on addressing the issues of why you lost that, which I think Yang was talking about. Yeah. Address the issues of what people were hurting. Right. And um, I think they would have done better doing that. No, we, we both agree. And I like Andrew Yang. You know, he, he has a, uh, a, a, a head for figures and numbers and, and, uh, and approaching solutions uh, through the evidence, evidence-based solutions. The other person that impressed me last night, and I didn't expect it, was Amy Klobuchar. And uh, I thought she was pretty powerful in her in uh, her advocacy for her positions. And I still go back to what she said uh, against Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who who seems like a decent guy, a smart guy. Um, but he, you know, she said something that I can't get out of my head. She said that if a woman from the third or fourth largest city in her state was running for president, she would never make it into onto the stage. I absolutely agree with her. That, you know, it's just a reality of, of the fact that uh, in this situation, uh, uh, he's benefited from uh, being a white male. Do you, do you think that this is going to be a problem uh, with the diversity crowd? Well, I think it, in the Democratic Party, the fact that they had a very, very uh, a lack of diversity besides Yang uh, with regards to people of color on the debate stage is, is one issue. And I think the African-American community is not leveraging uh, their power in this this primary enough. You know, uh, the other problem I have is with the billionaires coming in like Bloomberg that has spent $100 million already on ads. Uh, I don't think it's fair to for these billionaires to be able to buy an election 
But at the same time, going back to uh, Buttigieg, uh, his wine, uh, the wine cave, everybody's raising money. So those that are attacking him, I think, are, are not genuine in their attacks because they've done it before. And uh, the many small donors that they're taking money from, especially the, uh, the lower tier candidates that's, that's not going to move up, it's really unfair to be taking the poor people's money too because you don't have a chance to win and you're taking money from these people as though you're, you're going to be a front runner. Now, until you get in the race, you can't win the race unless you're in it. But at some point, you have to buy out. You know, I, I hate to see uh, Kamala uh, buy out, but she understood that when Bloomberg came in, it's, it's too much money. You can't. It's like sitting at a table gambling. With a billionaire. How can you gamble with a billionaire? No, but in, in, her, in, too deep. In, in her case, she was doing poorly before he ever came in. But yeah. but but here's my other question to you. Why is the African-American community not more supportive of a Cory Booker or a Kamala Harris? And and basic Biden seems to have, you know, have that demographic down locked. I think what individuals have uh, basically decided within the African-American community, and I can't speak for everyone, uh, but I think they are looking for a candidate they think will beat President Trump. Uh, and they don't feel like uh, Booker or Harris was going to be able to win enough uh, votes over uh, to beat Trump. Well, all I got to say is this time four years ago, Ben Carson was doing really good in the Republican Party. I think he was top four. So He wasn't going to win. Well, <laughs> he, he, I don't know. My parents were behind him. And you, you re- ever, regardless he, whether he's going to win or not, he was top four in, in a field that was larger at this point four years ago than the Democrats are now. You ever watch a marathon and that guy that runs out there as kind of like the lead rabbit? Mm-hmm. It's not going to win, but he's setting the pace for everybody else. That's all it was. He was running way ahead in the beginning. Uh, he was taking the brunt of the win. The the real winner was laying behind him, not having to fight that that's, win. Actually, and ran that's around him. that's not true. Trump what led the le, Trump led all polls every day the day he started, except for well, one. Well, you said he was in the top four, so I have to take that back. So yeah. he wasn't he wasn't out front, but at some point he was taking some of that that media attention. Okay. As though he had a chance. Okay. And well, he didn't I, have I a th- chance. personally, I, I think it shows something about the. Uh, I'm going to use your term, progressiveness of the Republican Party. Okay, on to topic <laughs> three: Army Navy game tainted by racist hand gesture, or not? Tonight, both West Point and the U.S. Naval Academy have launched investigations into what cadets and midshipmen meant when they flashed a hand gesture on live TV at Saturday's Army-Navy game. David Martin reports on this growing controversy. Sam, I almost can't speak because this gets me so upset. Um, but here goes. Before I, got into how, before I get into how this symbol became associated with racism, I want the listeners to hear a clip from a TV show called Malcolm in the Middle. You remember Malcolm in the Middle? Yep. And my my kids and yeah. my wife are familiar with this game. We discussed this. Okay. So you so let it clip. to to the listeners, this episode is from November of two thousand. November of two thousand, over nineteen years ago. You looked. Ow. We're doing this new thing called the circle game. Basically if you can make the other guy look at your hand when you're doing this, below your waist, you get to hit them in the arm. It's stupid, but hey, you get to hit people. 
Okay, so according to the New York Times, the designation of the hand gesture signifying okay started in early 2017 as a hoax. Users of 4chan, and if you don't know what 4chan is, it's a uh, online message board, kind of like Reddit. Uh, in a way, it's, uh, it's like Facebook, but you don't have friends. Everybody sees everything. Um, so they became, they started what became Operation O dash KKK. And what they wanted to see is if they could trick everybody in the world, and especially the mainstream media, into believing that this innocuous hand gesture, the OK symbol, was actually a clandestine symbol of white power. Now, according to uh, the website uh, by the Anti-Defamation League, the fact that all these hoaxes have emerged in 2017, 2018, it's not a coincidence. Uh, they are a reaction to the surge of media attention given to white supremacy, especially the alt-right in the wake of the 2016 elections. So essentially what the Anti-Defamation League is saying is that anything that qualifies as uh, white power media, friend, uh, uh, worthy of media, they're going to flock to and essentially give a lot of exposure to. Okay, Sam, I just have one question. I only got one question on this whole thing because this is totally absurd. Why are left-wing groups taking innocuous hand gestures and creating a narrative that they're actually racist sand symbols? Well, the, uh, the left-wing group leaders uh, that may be doing this, I don't have direct contact with. So I don't know why they uh, uh, start this. But I do have to uh, push back a little bit and say sometimes... Uh, individuals could use symbols, signs, and uh, certain actions that we would may not interpret uh, as uh, racist. They may be using them as coded language. So, uh, you know, when we first started talking about this, when I sent you an AR emoji, okay, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, that so, was so I got an AR <laughs> emoji where the guy raises his hand. Uh, and does the OK symbol, and I said, "Oh my goodness, I'm doing the white power sign." So I, I had to stop using the OK. Right? That was now, funny. That, <laughs> that was funny. That, that was funny because we've been using that, and never really thought about it until this came up with the Navy. Uh, but uh, I think is we have to be careful that there are uh, problems and issues with some of these groups, and they may use the symbol. They may co-op a, a sign or a signal, but I don't think everybody that's using that is flashing. A white power. Obviously, when I was using my AR emoji, I wasn't sending a white power message. My wife and kids, my wife remembers this, um, this uh, Malcolm meet in the middle episode because they were they were doing it too, punching each other. If you look at the symbol and I never knew anything about that game. I didn't either. I had never heard of it. I so, didn't either. So that that was like even foreign to me, even yeah. playing this game of punching each other. Uh, but individuals can take and twist something uh is it is it adopted by everybody that's using it i think you would have to talk to they have to do the interviews and investigation of those was it army or navy, navy guys navy guys the navy guys and see what were their intent because if their intent was for people to look at it and then punch somebody right were they punching each other in the crowd you and i both know naval grad academy graduates that's that's not the point. If they no no if, no no, if, it if, is if, the point. You if, you and I both know Naval Academy graduates. Given the standards that they must reach in order to walk those hallowed halls, 
do you really think a that a racist uh, would could get in there and b it, a racist so brazen as to make that statement on national television well well here's the thing a lot of individuals on the left feel that racism and white supremacists feel more emboldened to take action now where before they they were not uh, because of the current administration they feel like they have a leader in the white house that allows them to be free to express themselves so individuals say President Obama caused a lot of this divide in the country, but I think some of the divide were, were suppressed emotions and feelings of individuals that came to the surface as a result You're of assu- this. Are you assuming my emotions? Uh, not, not, I said some. I don't know your yeah, emotions but that, no, individually. No, but that's just it. Because yeah. now we're seeing racism based on an innocuous hand symbol. Well, it depends on the motive behind the individuals doing it. Yeah. So so if the kids are doing it and they're punching each other for looking at it, they have no ill will or intent, right? They they were playing the game. But if there are other individuals sending code, they I didn't see anybody in the crowd punching each other. So what was the purpose? They can't punch anybody on TV. So why do it? If Be- they were playing the game, who were they playing because, the game with? Because there's another part of that symbol with the military that uh, doesn't involve punching. It's it's and I don't want to say because this is a family friendly show kind mm-hmm. of, uh, but there's another meaning to this in the military. But okay, and and, and if that's the case, that's what they meant. Then they need to de- defend that. So, uh, topic four: 2019 looks a lot like 1984, the book 1984. A U.S. appellate court ruled that a warrant is not always needed for inherent NSA surveillance of Americans. The U.S. government may collect information about U.S. citizens without obtaining a warrant if the information is gathered inadvertently while legally carrying out surveillance of non-nationals abroad. A U.S. appeals court ruled on Wednesday. So, Norm, if someone overseas posts on your Facebook page, all that material can be collected and used against us in a trial. However, it cannot be searched by another agency seeking information on us. American Civil Liberties Union lawyer Patrick Toomey, who filed a brief in the case, said, while we disagree with the court's ruling that the NSA can collect Amer- Americans' international communications without a warrant, the court rightly finds that the Fourth Amendment applies when the government searches for that sensitive information in intelligence databases. This is scary stuff. Essentially, the court is saying that if if our paths cross with somebody overseas. Tag, you're it. Yeah, they can collect everything that I do. And if, without a warrant, without permission from anybody, without without going to court and saying, we want to keep all this information about Sam Collins, Norman Papus. Yeah, and, and we, we no longer live in a world of six degrees of separation. It's like one degrees or two degrees. So, I mean... Somebody's in touch with somebody that's in touch with somebody. So it's going to overlap. Oh, yeah. So I talk to you. You talk to Joe. Joe talks to Tom. Tom talks to Peg, Peggy. Mm-hmm. And she talks to Jennifer. So now they got information on everybody just because Sam talked to Noah. Yeah. I got friends in Nigeria. And all, and all I'm thinking, I mean, everybody knows the Nigerian, you know, emails and phone scams and everything else. And now I'm wondering, 
you know, just where am I? I'm sure they know somebody who knows somebody that exactly what you said, the six degrees of separation. You know, we all have friends all over the world these days. And now our government can essentially collect information on us without asking for permission. Well, I, I'm really afraid with our cell phones, uh, all the technology in our homes, that they're already collecting information. It's scary how much information is being tracked. Uh, and we, we have willfully uh, adopted this technology. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem uh, because even in, uh, I don't have it in my home, but my dad was just talking to uh, Alexa. Not, Alexa. We got one. Yeah. It's listening all the time. My dad, it, he said his lit up when he was walking through the house for something. He just unplugged it. Said it can't work without power. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't have it, but uh, our, our refrigerators, our, our uh, homes, everything's tied together. I mean, the technology of Wi-Fi mm -hmm. uh, is tying everything. And unfortunately, they're collecting all of that. Not just the government, but these companies are collecting all of this information. We're being watched basically 24 hours a day. It's 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 unbelievably scary, and I don't know if I'm if if what I'm going to tell people now is secret squirrel type level stuff or not because I heard it from somebody that was in law enforcement slash intelligence, um, and this goes back to uh, before Waco. Apparently, the government had the ability. You, you, we, you remember when we were younger and we all wanted the massive speakers, you know, the big speakers mm -hmm. and all that. And we had the, you know, they had the, the console, you know, with the cassette player and the re and the uh, record player and the tape player. Well, apparently, the government figured out a way, and they used this during hostage situations, to use the speakers' cones as receptors rather than projectors. And people in the room that were speaking in a room where a speaker was, the government figured out a way to use to the electrical system to listen in through the speakers of what was being said in that room. It turned into a mic. Yeah, yeah. it turned into a mic. And and this is our government. This is our government doing. I mean, if you think about what you know, think about what China might be doing. Well, they don't I, really have to get permission from anybody. I, I think the genie's out of the bottle, so it's it's no going back. Uh, it's the it's a new normal. They're listening. No bueno. No bueno. Okay. Topic number five. Fired for misgendering. Um, th th this, when I read this, I thought this was something out of The Onion or some other satire site, but it's not. Um, this is from The Guardian, a uh, left-leaning newspaper over in England. Maya Forstadter lost her job at an international think tank in London after a series of tweets, including one in which she said, Men cannot change into women. Okay, well, that hit the fan. Maya was accused at the Employment Tribunal. I'm, just the name Employment Tribunal gives me chills. Maya was accused at the Employment Tribunal of having retweeted transphobic material, including a newspaper cartoon of a person flashing two women at a swimming pool with the caption, It's okay, it's a woman's penis. Court documents show that she had previously tweeted that, it, quote, it is unfair and unsafe for trans women to compete in women's sport, <laughs> which I completely agree with. Um, she was accused of gendering a non-binary person, a guy named Gregor Murray. Let me repeat that. She was accused of gendering a non-binary person, Gregor Murray. 
Murray is Scotland's only openly trans-elected representatives and was previously suspended after using abusive language towards a woman in their con in his constituency and their constituency, I guess is the proper gender term for uh, Mr. Murray or Murray. Um, he called her a TERF, T-E-R-F. You ever heard that, Sam? TERF? No, I no, have not. I hadn't either. Okay, so TERF means trans-exclusionary radical feminist. I, I don't even know what to make of that term. Uh, Murray apologized, but said turf should not be considered an offensive word. Okay. Uh, James Taylor, the ruling judge on the Employment Tribunal, concluded that Maya Forstotter did not have the right to ignore or deny the legal rights of trans people and said her tweets were, quote, incompatible with human dignity and fundamental rights of others. Judge Taylor said that Maya had not acknowledged the enormous pain that can be caused by misgendering a person. Um, I, I can't believe this. And by the, in other news, the left-wing Labor Party suffered his, a historical defeat this week uh, in the UK elections, uh, which I think is related to this story. Um, so Sam, what pronoun do you want me to call you by? And do you think you have the right to force others to call you by those pronouns? Well, it, there this is, is something going on technical. with technology today. <laughs> That's with it. No Just unplug the damn thing. <laughs> unplug the machine. <laughs> I told you they were listening. It's listening. So, so we proved our it, point. It's the, the employment tribunal, Sam. The, the, the computer just started asking if we needed help. We did not ask. I, I guess the computer's name is Sam. You said, Sam, what pronoun? I don't know what the computer wants you to call it, no. But the desktop wants you to refer to it as maybe not a desktop. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know where we're, where we're going with this. You know, uh, I've been in meetings where individuals have uh, opened with questions of, of how you want to be referred to. Uh, so it's always just been he for me. So I don't know where where we're going uh, I, I completely understand somebody asking how would you like to be referred to and i'll give you a great example you know you're, you're a doctor you're a lawyer you you have some elected uh, office etc 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 you know as, as a matter of you know some people might want to be addressed in a certain manner where i come where i come down on it is this person's getting punished she lost her job in um, the company, for whatever reason, took that position. I don't know what the policy was before. H how do you know that you stepped over the line? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what language had been used before or previously that would let her know that you can't use that language in referring to men cannot change into women? I don't. I don't. Of course, people have surgery, so I don't know what she was. Uh, I mean, if people are, if I'm going to walk into a meeting and people go, "How would you like to be referred to?" I'm going to start going, uh, "The one who must be obeyed, or the world will suffer." And that's how I want to be referred to. Now, yeah. do I have the ability or expect the Everybody person I'm speaking that. to to respect that decision? Uh, many will not. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I You're don't know. fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I would be out. I didn't respect Norm's 
declaration. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know where we're going with it. This As is this society. is insane. I, I, this I is know. insane. If they uh, if the, if if people want to want to you know live their lives uh, as something different other than what their biology is, who am I to say they can't do that? But yeah. I, I I turn around and say, who are they to tell me how I have to treat them? I have to treat them with the dignity I would treat anybody else. But I'm not going to let them play rugby against my daughter if I had a daughter. Well, I, I don't think it's, it's fair that um, some individuals that are obviously uh, benefiting from being stronger, faster uh, as, as men, right? And then going to compete in female events. Uh, they were not competitive in the men events or, or maybe they hadn't been winning and uh, they felt like they wanted to change their sex or whatever, I don't think it's fair to the kids. Because uh, I, I have two daughters, I have two sons, and I would hate for them to lose in what we thought was a fair race and then find out that it was a young man or had been a young man that decided he wanted to compete in the women's races. I just, I just, I don't see how that how that is fair. Maybe there, there's a, uh, we've had, uh, male, female, maybe that's a third category for people that have changed. I don't know. Uh, so, so if you don't want to be in this binary world, right? So you make a change, it comes into like a third category, I guess. I don't, I don't but know. To me, you know. We're always told we have to listen to science. Science doesn't have a third category. Not for humans. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, maybe maybe you say not for humans, but there are situations. Uh, I don't want to get into all the medical things, but there are situations where maybe uh, it's not. Uh, well, um, th so, there's so, hermaphrodites. So okay, yeah. there are hermaphrodites, yeah. and guess what? When you're a hermaphrodite, what is the thing the doctor sits down and discusses with you? Have to make a choice. Yes. Okay. And what's your choice? But, but <laughs> your you choice don't know. is but, A but or B. You don't know. It's not it, C. Well, it depends on who makes the choice. The person does, obviously. When they're older? Well, I don't know about all that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so if a parent makes a choice for a baby, maybe the parent made the wrong choice. In, in those limited circumstances, I think that has to be absolutely addressed. I don't think yeah. this is about that. Yeah. Okay, so. Well... Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, please like us on Facebook. And for the end of the show, uh, as we do every week, we're going to offer uh, some story headlines that might interest you. You might want to go on the internet and check these out. From vice.com, more than 80 Polish towns have declared themselves LGBTQ free zones. Not cool. Uh, the European Parliament just voted to condemn the practice and demand the Polish government revoke the symbolic declarations. From the website for the European Parliament, China must close its re-education camps, and I have no idea 
with these last two. And that's why I gave you that one. <laughs> well, because the, I have the, no idea how to pronounce that. Uh, Uglers y- and Zing Jing. Yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. Jing Jang. I'm not sure, but we don't mean we don't mean to offend. But the, they're actually the uh, I, I the article is very seen good. Those, seen those words before and have no idea how to pronounce them. Oh, from CNN.com, Trump administration won't call mass killing of Armenians a genocide despite congressional resolutions. And this really frosts me. I support President Trump, but this absolutely has me, you know, beyond angry because the evidence is clear. And in in uh, the after the my I have my great grandmother and my grandmother were resettled after World War One uh, from Turkey. Uh, there is more than enough evidence to show that the Turkish uh, government participated in genocide against Armenians and, and really against Greeks, too. All right. From Vox.com, the extraordinary danger of being pregnant and uninsured in Texas. From USAToday.com, is marijuana linked to psychosis or schizophrenia? It's contentious, but doctors and the feds say yes. All right, from the Investigative Consortium of Investigative Journalists, or ICIJ.org, Malta's uh, PM to resign in January amid journalist murder scandal. This woman was killed by a car bomb. The story is incredible, and I'm surprised it has not made global news. Okay, from theweek.com, how robocalls became America's most prevalent crime Today, half, half of all phone calls are automated scams. That's it. Enough people go out and meet in the middle. Compromise. Leave our kids a better place. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.